Welcome to the Strut with Chili, TD, and Info Joe. Thanks for listening. This week, we're going to jump into the breakdown for South Alabama, and we're going to dive deep into a couple of other topics. We're going to look at coaching vacancies in the Sun Belt, as well as look ahead to potential bowl matchups, locations, and talk about some sources where we're getting our information as far as uh, press and the media, that kind of stuff. So we're looking forward to sharing what we've done in researching and finding out what we're going to do. We'll have Twitter poll updates. We'll have the new Twitter poll and we'll see how much we can make TD struggle with this week's trivia question. Vance, here's your other CCU sports update. Men's basketball is in the Bahamas on the 23rd and 24th. On the 23rd, they defeated Valparaiso 64-61. And in the championship game in the Bahamas, they lost to Toledo 79-70. On the 26th, women's basketball defeated UNC Greensboro 53-41. And then came back on the 28th to defeat Eastern Tennessee 55-41. Today is November 30th. Men's basketball will be in action on December 1st at home against South Carolina. That's your CCU Sports Roundup. Now back to the strut. TD, Info Joe, Teal Nation, Strut Nation. Welcome to 54 Minutes of the Chanticleerist. You can't get near this. Chauncey Dearest. They try to smear us inside. They cheer us, but in fact, they fear us. Hey, Georgia Southern. Why don't you go ahead and beer us? CCU Sports Podcast called the strut. <laughs> welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. I had to the, fit one more in. The uh, run DMC connoisseur, that is uh, the man in the headset, the man up there in the booth, Joe Cash himself, thoroughly enjoyed that. I, I certainly did. Hey, um, TD, do me a favor before we get through tonight recording for our show. I want our fans to know this. That's why I'm saying it here. Remind me, I've got a surprise just for Joe. But I, I think I kind of want to do the surprise as we get to the end of the proceedings tonight. That's okay with you. Tickets to the nearest run DMC show? Well, I'm going to try. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. I'm all okay. in. That's all I'm going to say about that. Well, hey, welcome into another edition of the Strut Podcast, Teal Nation. We are here. It is bowl season. Let that soak in. We are 10 and 2. We finished a half game to a game, based on how you look at it, a game out of first place in the East. We're uh, we're sitting there, high and mighty at ten and two. And let me tell you something: uh, three losses by a total combined what eight points, gentlemen, in three years. Beating a couple ranked teams, uh, conference title in two years, and we're sitting there, and we've got a lot to talk about about this postseason. Uh, what we're here to feel and seeing from the landscape of college football, the Sun Belt. And as well as a wrap up from South Alabama. So, Chile. Let's look at some numbers. <clears throat> Excuse oh, me. Oh, oh, first what? of all, real quick, how was your Thanksgiving, gentlemen? I ate way too much, and I'm still eating too much. So did I. I've still got another turkey in the fridge. I got to do something with this week. <laughs> mm. Well, 
It was a good did, one for us. We had a good one. I did, I did a seven pound brisket and uh, I did. I send you all the pictures of that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Make sure because I was very humbly gloved. I, I was I was humbly bragging about that fifteen hour uh, smoke. So I don't have a second turkey, Joe. But now, is it cooked though, or you got to cook it? Say again, now, TD. You asked me what we do. Yeah, no. Did Did you already cook the other turkey, or do you got to still cook it? No, I've got to cook it. It didn't thaw out in time, so I have to thaw it out a little bit. And then I'll then I'll uh, put it in my butterball electric turkey fryer sitting right behind me right now, which I dearly love. <laughs> we had that a, was good product oh, placement out of the way. Bathtub. Thank you. <laughs> Turkey talk brought to you by Joe's Butterball Turkey Roaster. There you go. <laughs> we had to hey, we had to thaw ours out in the bathtub because <laughs> it was not prepared in time. So we had to do something I, crazy. I know. That's yeah. We kind of would face that the other day. We do a uh, <clears throat> oyster roast kind of a seafood cookout at my family's place in a lodge in Tabor City, North Carolina, where I'm from. We've done oyster roast every year since I've been a little baby, but this year we decided to go with a low country boil, mm. and it was fantastic. We just put mm. this big old table out. Uh, my cousins, you know, cook it all up and just spread it out. Get a massive spoon, just scoop whatever you want on your plate, and just keep on going. It was, it was a refreshing change. I love low country, you know, Buford's too, whatever you call it, depending on where too. you're from. I, I think it's one of my all time favorite things, and I don't get it enough. So y'all use y'all use refreshing change. Do y'all put white vinegar in yours to help bring out some of the flavor? Honest, yeah, honestly, I wasn't there when they – I kind of oh. showed up a little bit late. So, I remember walking up on Thanksgiving night, and I could smell it cooking when I pulled up. And I grabbed my two-year-old, and we're walking in, and I'm like, this – that smell was just all over it. We have a lodge with a man-made lake. There's a big pier out there on it and all that kind of stuff. And just that whole scenery of the sunset on Thanksgiving Day over the water, the smell of the low country boil going, that was – that was as good as anything. That'll get it going right there, man. Well, hey, let's rewind and look back at that, uh, that fun win down in Mobile. I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to Joe and his, uh, <laughs> his analysis of that game. Go ahead, Joe wrap. versus USA. <laughs> yeah. So we had a 27-21 overtime victory over South Alabama. Grayson McCall. 16 of 25 for 176, a touchdown and interception. Jake Bentley, 28 of 41 for 354, two touchdowns and three interceptions. We finally got some interceptions this week. Uh, rushing Coastal, Shamari Jones, 23 carries, 211 yards and a touchdown. I think that was a record, guys. Uh, Grayson McCall, 16 carries, 78 yards and a touchdown. For South Alabama, Avery had six carries for 11 yards. Walker had nine carries for 16 yards. Receiving, Javon Hiley, who is now the all-time leading yardage receiver in coastal history. Is that right? That's correct, yes. Yards. I think he went in needing 77 yards. He came out with 87 yards. So, he had six catches for 87 yards and a touchdown. Cam Brown, three for 34. Tolbert for South Alabama, 10 receptions, 191 yards and a touchdown. And then Wayne for South Alabama had nine catches for 111 yards. Tackling, Gallagher was our leader, 10 total with six solo tackles. Kelly had eight total tackles with two solo. And then Josiah Stewart, just we need to give him a nickname as fast as possible. Um, he had two and a half sacks. Kelly had a sack. Spillum had two picks. Silas had an amazing interception that made it to number three on Sports Center that night. Uh, Stewart had three tackles for loss. Brewer had two tackles for loss. 
Enoch, Mancrush, Macanzo had one and a half tackles for loss. Uh, penalties, Coastal, seven for 84 yards. USA, three for 27 yards. Fumbles, we had three and lost two. They had three interceptions, and we had one pick also. Um, I'm going to throw out that, TD, you said you mentioned briskets earlier and that kind of stuff when you were, we were before we got into this part of the show. Maybe brisket would be a good nickname for Josiah Stewart. I've been wanting to guess my other nickname, Brisket. I think that'd be a good nickname for somebody. I think he, he kind of fits Josiah Brisket Stewart, something like that, or the Brisket. We can come back well, to that. If you let want. it work on me a little bit. Let it. Or just briskets. You just got bronzed by the brisket. Um, oh my God, that's perfect. Joe, come on. <laughs> there you Joe, go. I'll you, set you, you up. Just coined it. You got it. Joe, Jake Bentley back to pass. Can you kind of give me a, a Josiah oh, Brisket Bronson? I'll tell you what, it was just. <laughs> You, you, you knew you knew he was coming. You just didn't know if they could block him or not. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was that kid is phenomenal. I mean, he, he set the single season for sack record the other day with three. I mean, they just, you know, a lot, lot of records in that game. You know, Shamari Jones 211 was the second highest in single game history, only behind Mike Tolbert, who went for 244 on 13 carries against VMI back in the day. 13 carries for 244. As I remember that. We needed to feed that kid the ball more, (laughs) you know, holy mackerel. But I mean, that was just, that game was a microcosm of the last six games of the season. You know, as far as I'm I'm concerned, it was a struggle. I mean, nothing came easy. We had to fight and claw and, 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 and scratch and hang in there. Silas Kelly's pick, you know, turn the game around. If we go down 17, nothing in the third quarter, I, you know, that that's a, that's going to be a tough, tough hill the way we were going offensively. We just couldn't get moving offensively. You know, our defense held us in that ball game and kept us in it long enough for our offense to finally grind out that 19-play drive for the score, you know, which that 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 flipped the game right there, that pick and the score. And then in the fourth quarter, you know, it just kind of turned into, you know, one crazy play after another. We'd get a pick, and then we'd fumble the ball away, and, you know, they had us with a big play, and it looked bad, and then we went down and scored at the end, and <laughs> – you know, the overtime was what it was. One play, Grayson takes that option. Whoop, there he goes. And then our defense just comes up big in the, at the end, makes that last stand that they had to. And you just find a way to win, guys. You know, sometimes you're not laying 50 burgers on people. You just you find a way to win. And that's the way the last six games have gone. You know, I, I, I thought it would be a game in the 20s, maybe the 30s. And, you know, not, not, not saying I'm some sort of football expert, but that's, that's kind of how it unfolded. So just glad to get out of there with a win. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm, I'm going to say this too. I don't think we got a lot of help out there. I'm, I'm going to say that I don't think we got a lot of help for for reasons that people can speculate. I'm not going to go much further than that. We had seven. We had six penalties before they picked up one. We had two touchdowns and an explosive play call back before they had anything called against them. My, my yeah, that that's that's the breaks of the game, I suppose. So, you know, I'll, anyway, uh, I'll, anyway, I'll say it. In, in, well, in, 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 let me let me finish the thought. Anyway. We, we didn't get a lot of help, but we were able to overcome those kinds of things, and we won the football game. So congratulations to us. Ten-win season is great. Love it. I'd have taken that. If you'd have told me that two days before the Citadel game, I'd have said, yeah, I'll take ten wins and, and go to another bowl. Absolutely. Agreed. Congratulations mm-hmm. to our guys, and I can't wait to find out where we go to play our postseason bowl game. I agree. I, look, I, I got no qualms about saying it because we sat here and watched it, Joe, and we had the luxury of constant replay on our TV – and let me tell you something, brother. Uh, Chili, 
info. Let me, th- th- there were some egregious calls. They called one. They called uh, what, the kickoff return, right? They, they, that Awful. was 30 yards behind the play. Now, mm-hmm. was it excessive? I wouldn't go that far. Could he have held up? Possibly. But let me tell you something. I've been in that position. When you're blocking downfield and you can see people moving and, and he may cut back, so you're blocking him. You know what? Should he have ran him to the sideline? I, look, man, how much of that was our guy or their guy? We, we don't know because I find it interesting that South Alabama sent their extra point defense out and had no clue. And that play happened on their sideline and had no clue. All of a sudden, they even looked back. They looked perplexed. They looked back and went, who's the flag on? They didn't know who the flag was on. We didn't know who it was. They didn't know who it was. We both have already sent our extra point teams out, and then they call it back. So then there's that one. And there's TD, one real, two- TD, real quick, I scanned that field twice, and that's when I said no flags. I scanned the, the field twice, and then I, and then then I get flag. tapped on the back, finally saying, look down on their sideline, and the, and the official apparently just went, he just kind of dropped it out of the old pocket right there, the old whoop, you know, no one yeah, saw man, it, we, nobody. No, because, again, if, if South Alabama's coaching staff was going crazy, I'm not going to limit too long on it and get on the old TD soapbox, but their, their entire staff, their staff was sending out the extra point team. Sure was. Like, you saw it on TV. Like, and even the camera guys were like, man, no flags at all. Man, that was a beautiful run. Wait a minute. What do we have here? <laughs> like, where, where, where'd that come from? And then I think it was Shamari Jones, right? Was it him or – he had a run. Brady had him. an option run for 50 yards, and that was kind of – That was out. it, and that yeah. was a bogus call there. Called what? I think they called Isaiah or somebody for yes. Holt. Isaiah. It was yep. garbage, and he was he, he didn't know what happened because you, you can see the replay on that TD. When they called that, they cut to Isaiah, and he's got his hands up like, you know, me? <laughs> kind, of, kind of reaction, like you're calling it on me. Well, and normally I had you no idea it was even a part of the play. Right? Exactly. Normally you get a reaction from the defender. The defender didn't even get upset. Like he, he well, we we over, we overcame. <laughs> we overcame and we won the game. We did. But you got to you got to win those games like that too. I mean, I yeah, know all three of us sat here in the last podcast looking forward to South Alabama, thinking this is a game we're probably going to win. Now that thinking can be dangerous, but at the same time, you got to have those games where you're supposed to win and you got to fight a little bit to make you better too. Because these guys that you know, that we're going to have back next year need to be in battles like that, no matter who you're playing and coming out successful. That's something I've heard some of our guys say on our mullet minutes, you know, before we've recorded. And I've heard Coach Chadwell say, Joe, to you on the radio show, that we've got to get in and be battle proven. That's why we got to go out and we got to get in and we got to fight, no matter who it is, App State or South Alabama or whoever we're playing, you got to go in and you got to fight somebody and you got to have successes like that. So, you know, I, I felt like we probably should have beaten them worse than what we did, six points in overtime. Yeah, but I'm going to take the win. I'm going to celebrate it because we said it last time. That's 10 wins on a season, 10-plus for two years in a row now, headed to a bowl game for the second year in a row. we got to have those small victories to build upon if we're going to you know, build this program to be what we want it to be and what we're, we're hoping to see one day. So take every victory you can and celebrate every victory because they don't come around you know, like they you know, normally do like that. Bingo, brother. Bingo. Winning is hard. Winning Winning is hard. Winning is hard. Winning is Uh, hard. That that other team has scholarship players, and they have paid coaches out there, too. They're trying to. I was standing on TD's soapbox for a second. TD, you can have it back now. No, and I'm good, man. Look, I I like (laughs) it. I just, you know, 
It's a it's a good old uh, Pepsi Cola crate. I oh, will change it up. It's a good old cheer wine <laughs> crate and uh, cheer wine. a little cheer wine crate that I stand on. But but we said it we said it a couple games ago, right? We lost to Georgetown. I said the next couple games are massively important to our program. How are we going to finish? How are we going to respond? What's that going to look like on the road, right? You know, we know we're going to a bowl game. How motivated are we going to be? South Alabama, look, that coaching staff, for what people don't realize is, that's one of the younger coaching staffs in the country, in the country. Uh, coach Womack is, he's a good coach. He is not going to be a South Alabama for long. I can promise you that. He's going to turn them around, especially now. We'll touch on some of the coaching impacts in the Sun Belt nationally later, but he could, he could, uh, he, and Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, he could be in a well-positioned time to be a South Alabama in the Western division of this conference with what's transpired in the last week. And again, too, that's not towards you, but Joe, Joe sees things a little different. We do hear things, but I think he is well-positioned for some upward movement in the Western half of our conference. Not in my head, yes, I agree. They weren't far off this year. They weren't no. bad. Jake Bentley <laughs> made a lot of difference for them. I mean, he is a – that's a good quarterback. That kid's a good quarterback. He came back for our game, you know, and he, we rattled him in the second half. He threw some picks, credit to our defense. But he helped turn that team around to where they were that close to being bowl eligible. They were kind of like we were – couple of years ago they were five and three at one point this season they lost their last four now they played some pretty big time teams down the yeah. stretch but they were awfully close to bowl eligibility and then the way the west looks right now ugh, you know you got louisiana and then who else is going to step up south alabama is primed to step up and be that challenger over there especially now napier leaving louisiana what's going to happen with them i mean south alabama can really be licking their chops i Listen, agree it's that team had a lot to play for. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. He's got he's got some recruiting pipelines, but I want to say something real quick. I want I want Teal Nation to hear this right now. For all everything we heard about how bad our defense was, this and that and the other. Well, let me tell you something. Friday afternoon down in Mobile, Alabama. If it was not for that bad defense, we wouldn't have been in that game. Okay, they literally kept us in that game. And South Alabama is not a team that you can say, well, they're five and seven. That record is not indicative of how talented and good that team is. That team was scoring points into the low 30s, if I remember correctly, going into that game. And we held them in the low 20s. And it's a good team. I mean, they had two receivers for over 100 yards. I mean, and both those kids are they're, they're good talents. So my point being is, is – Tolbert's a Sunday player. Over it's going to be drafted. So my point again, not I'm not getting on Teal Nation, but y'all, sometimes your offense wins and sometimes your defense wins. And then sometimes all three phases with special teams gets a win. That's just what football is. Like Joe said, they're gonna line up 11 scholarship players and, and coaches that make a million dollars each. I mean, that that's that's legit. So I'm tired of hearing about how bad our defense is. Our defense kept us in that game flat out. Yep. Yeah, I got two things I want to say real quick, because, T.D., you were talking about something that I've been critical about. It's been the defense. I've said it here on this podcast, and you're 1,000% correct. <clears throat> Excuse me, Joe, you said the same thing. The defense is what got it for us this time around. I mean, the big interception from Silas, the stops late in the game. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'll leave a little pro, like you said, a couple of weeks, Joe. I'll do, do it right now. I was critical of the defense over the last few weeks, and now we're seeing, you know, a vast improvement, and they're making plays now. Three picks, 
this past game to boot. I mean, it's it's you can't argue that. I agree 100%, TD, that it was a defense this week that did it. The other thing I had a thought was you bring Jake Bentley back, and this is this is it for them. This is their Super Bowl. This is a bowl game for them when we came to South Alabama. So, you know, Teal Nation, think about this. The guy was not – maybe not 100% when he played that game against us. I'm not saying that to say, like, it was um, lack of effort on our part. I'm t- saying the total opposite. It was a tremendous effort on their part because they're fighting for something. They're bringing Jake Bentley back in, and we show up on the schedule. You know, that's how important we are beating us, number one. But beating us to go to a bowl game potentially is even more important. So they brought him back. I guarantee you that was a thought. If we can get hit one more good game out of him, get a win possibly, and then get him some rest and some lighter reps going into a bowl prep, that's probably what was on their mind getting ready for us that Friday. Exactly. Period. Period. Exactly. Yes. Agreed. Let's talk about some fun stuff. What's up coming? Because unfortunately for the Jags, fortunately for us, they're going to be watching us at a bowl game. And uh, do we want to go into bowl games or do we want to go into poll question? Because then we have a poll question from last week, right? Yeah, we got a poll question. It was about Thanksgiving. Let's hear it. The uh, Twitter question last week was, just for Teal Nation, Strut Nation, TD Nation. What? Yeah, I said it, TD. What was your favorite side when it comes to Thanksgiving? You had four choices. You had your traditional dressing or stuffing, whatever you call it. I'm a dressing person. Mac and cheese, sweet potato or sweet potato casserole like we do here at my house, or the cranberry sauce. And let me say to anybody who's listening that if your cranberry sauce is shaped like the inside of a can, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> This week's winner with 40% of the vote was mac and cheese. Coming in second was dressing slash stuffing, and third was sweet potatoes. But, guys, Cranberry got zero votes. Wow. We've never had a poll question where one of the four choices got zero votes. And so, I guess, Teal Nation, Strut Nation, TD, Soapbox Nation, just does not like Cranberry. So, I guess we can declare Cranberry the enemy of the strut. But when we, we have our strut tailgate, we will be sure not to serve cranberry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the first official strut tailgate, whatever that is, no cranberries. We have banned it. No cranberries on this show. We're off here either, man. We don't do cranberries. <laughs> I tell you what, my wife makes the best mac and cheese. You ought to try some. It's really, really good. She's awesome at that stuff. We can have yeah. her uh, do the uh, catering for the strutty awards. The strutties. The strutty annual strutty. I like strutties. Strutty. Yeah, <laughs> we got to. Got to put that on the old idea. Let me write that down right here quick. The strut ease. All right. The end of year awards. All right. All right. What we got next? Um, I can do the new Twitter poll. We can jump into um, bowl talk. What's the new Twitter poll? New Twitter question. If name image likeness existed for old school CCU football players, which endorsement pairing would be the best? Here are your four choices. Mike Tolbert and Bowling Balls, Josh Norman and the ASPCA, Jerome Simpson and Sticky Fingers, or Quinn Backus and any brand of fishing tackle. Hmm. I like Tolbert and the Bowling Ball. I, I, that's, that's what I like. <laughs> the first one out of the box. I was trying to work in because you know, the, the whole – I guess I don't know if, how y'all feel about 
when um, Coach Bennett years ago did the, you know, more dogs, less cats, and it was on T-shirts and stuff like that. Oh, It was yeah. cute the first time I heard it, but I was trying to work that in with the whole Josh Norman endorsement thing here. So I just felt like Josh Norman pet adoption or ASPCA just worked for that. <laughs> <laughs> TD, which one you buying? I'm going to go with Quinn Bagus and the fishing equipment. I like that. Sponsored by Stalvey's Equipment here in Conway. I like that. Oh, we'll sell it one dollar natties. There you go. You know, I was just thinking too, TD, when you said that, I was just picturing what a commercial on TV might look like for Quinn Backus fishing tackle. Like I can see maybe you and Quinn Backus in a boat somewhere, TD, and you're casting your, your rod and reel. I like you're not it. catching anything. All of a sudden, Backus just leaps out of the boat and comes in with like a big old armful of fish. And you're Quinn Backus fishing tackle. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. We going to go see uh, go through some bowl previews possibly or some uh, potential matchups maybe. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, so I know I went and looked up some stuff. Just I, I think I've got about six or seven different sources. I'm pulling mine up as we speak. Um, Y'all want me to go through mine? I think we might have all some of the same ones. Is that what you want to do? Kind of go through rapid fire, see what we think about each one, or yeah, let's, how y'all want to handle that? Get, get, give me yours. I'll give you mine. We'll talk about it. Okay. Let's do it. And I, I've got somebody who's joined the podcast with us. Oh, we got a special guest. We got a special guest here. We got Paxton, my 18 month old. My, Paxton. So Tuesday night's kind of a busy night. We got volleyball here. My daughter just came in. Everybody just came uh, in. So, uh, apparently, I did not do the um, the turkey meat, black beans, and corn rye. I did not include the ranch. And uh, that is a big no no. So now I'm holding, now I'm holding Paxton on this podcast. So we have a new guest. It's the Paxton Podcast Show. It's kind of like Bob Euchre on Major League. He's not the best comment in the business for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I've got from uh, Sports Illustrated said, Coastal heading to the Myrtle Beach Bowl to face Miami of Ohio. All right. Yep. I, see um, I have college football news is prediction of Coastal uh, Myrtle Beach Bowl again, excuse me, facing Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. Athlon Sports has Coastal at the Boca Raton Bowl to face Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. CBS's prediction was Myrtle Beach Bowl Coastal versus Army. Um, kind of went digging for some more because I, I kept seeing Myrtle Beach Bowl in a lot of the ones I was pulling up, especially like Y'all saw probably all the ESPN ones and that kind of stuff. But then I found a website called on3.com. And on3.com has two guys that write for their website. Uh, One of the guys, his last name is Bonagura, said that it was going to be Coastal in the New Orleans Bowl against UTSA. I saw that. Did you see that one too? I saw that. And And uh, Slaybach on the same website had us in the Myrtle Beach Bowl against Tulsa. The last one I have is from a website called College Sports Madness, and it has us in the Boca Raton Bowl against East Carolina. Those are the ones that I have. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of the same ones you're seeing. East Carolina's off the board now because they have, they have accepted a bid to go to Hawaii. Right. I'm sorry, the military bowl. They're in the military bowl. Memphis okay. is in Hawaii. So East Carolina's off the board in that one. I've got USA Today has us in the Myrtle Beach Bowl against UTSA. Um, ESPN has us in the – or some writer, I'm not sure who it was, Western Kentucky in the New Orleans Bowl. Uh-huh. 
Um, Pro Football Net, Myrtle Beach Bowl, CCU against Army. D ratings, whatever that is. Myrtle Beach Bowl against Eastern Michigan. Action Network has us Myrtle Beach Bowl against Central Michigan. <laughs> What's the common denominator what we're talking about here? Directional Michigan sounds like it's going to be something possible. Yeah, not conference. That's the common denominator. Uh, I'll, just, I'll start off with some talk that I've been hearing that I've got to go against. Um, I am totally in favor of Coastal playing in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I don't care what bowl we're in, to be honest with you. I just want to get a bowl win. I, that's what I, I feel like, as, as, as we said earlier, as we're building the program and, 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 and growing and bringing people in, you've got to have bowl wins, especially if you're playing this level of college football, Joe. So I just feel like whatever bowl win that we can get, that's a building block. The bowl appearances are one thing, but if you keep losing bowl games year after year, that doesn't really help you a whole heck of a lot. So, you know, I don't care, honestly, like any bowl. If I'm, I, I do have one I like better than others, but I mean, like if we end up in the Myrtle Beach Bowl, I will not be sad because honestly, I can drive to that bowl. We all can drive to that bowl. We'll all be at that bowl game, I know. But honestly, at, I hear Myrtle Beach Bowl being um, talked down by a lot of people that I know that are coastal people. Um, and I'm just, I, I got to say, honestly, I don't care. I, I'd, I'd love to go to the Myrtle Beach Bowl if we can get that win. I mean, that's just my two cents on the bowl situation. So, Chili, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I if, if we go to Myrtle Beach, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would I would kind of hate it for the kids a little bit, you know, to not have to you know, not be able to go on a trip somewhere and go to a new, another city and enjoy that. I mean, we went to the Cure Bowl last season, but that was more of a road game. It's great that we had a bowl. It's great that we went to one. Great that they were able to put one on. You know, we flew down there the day before the game. We stayed at this – unbelievably luxurious hotel south of Orlando. Like, they did a great job with us, you know, putting us up there. Uh, but then we you know, played the game, then we flew out the next morning back, you know, back home. I'd, I'd like for our kids and our fans and our parents maybe to have some place to go, like Florida, like Boca Raton or something like that, to, you know, take part in that bowl game or go back to Cure or something like that. Both those are on the table. You know, ESPN can put that together if they want to with the, you know, the agreements they have with the Sun Belt. But, you know, at the end of the day, though, I'm, I'm happy we're in a bowl, and let's go get let's go get a bowl ring. You know, wherever that is, let's go get a bowl ring, and we'll be happy. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Joe. Look, is is I'm I don't be one of those that are kind of poo pooing on the Myrtle Beach Bowl by no means because it brings economic commerce here. But their goal is to bring two teams here that will bring fans to fill hotel rooms, fill dining halls, restaurants, bars, retail, so forth and so on. With all that being said, I agree with Joe. Chili, don't disagree with you. I, there's something about – the only thing I can equate it to as a former player is, is going on the road for the FCS playoffs, right? Because if you're at home versus away, but they go to another city, another stadium. Also, too, a lot of people don't realize, too, when they go to these bowl games, they're there typically in a non-COVID year. They're typically there for about five days prior to the bowl game, practicing at a, another university or high school's facility. It's a great time for our coaches to recruit. It's also time just to kind of just get perspective sometimes. Like, you go to a facility and you go – man, you know, we, we have it pretty good, or these are some ideas we can pick and pull away from from other u- universities and facilities, good, bad, or indifferent. So it's it's exposure and experience. That's what I think Joe, too, is is touching on a little bit. You know, you only, they only got really 48 hours down in Orlando, whereas now they'll get four or five days. And 
that's an experience for the fans and family and, and the university and, and the players to really get. So, again, I'll take a bold W if it's at home, um, whether it's in Bugraton, Orlando, or I've even seen the New Orleans like we talked about earlier. All three of those cities, you can directly fly from Charleston, Myrtle Beach, Atlanta, Charlotte, Columbia, Greenville, Wilmington, wherever you fly out of, you can get those on a direct flight. Trust me, I know. I've checked. Yeah, Frisco's, so, Frisco's on the table is one of the – Yeah, I saw Frisco in, in another First projection. responder in Dallas, that's on the table. I mean, that, those are possibilities too. So, I mean, there are possibilities out there. We'll see how I've it seen, out. And I've seen different bowl projections that has us in a different bowl. But I'm beginning to see a consistent opponent, and that's been Army an awful lot, a lot across different projections too. I like the idea of playing Army just because it's Army for lack of a, just a better, you know, reason. Just I'm loving the fact that we're playing them coming up, but, you know, playing them in a bowl game, I think it'd be really cool too. Um, so I saw, I think maybe Frisco, Joe, you alluded to that one. I saw Frisco had Coastal versus Army as a potential matchup in a projection last week that I saw. So like you said, Frisco is not off the table. Um, if I'm picking like our, our best case scenario right now, I, I feel like maybe we can go rapid fire. Where do you think we're going to go? Where would you like to go? Maybe those two questions. Um, I'll start us off. I'm feeling like I'd really like to go to Boca Raton on the 18th. I think that'd be a good one because it's, it's a Saturday game. I think 18th on a Saturday. Yep. Um, 230, I think it's <clears throat> or 330 kick. Right. So I think Boca Raton and I feel like maybe the best opponent one of those MAC teams that we've seen pop up in our projections, or I'm still liking Army, but I'll be honest with you, I think we're probably, this is my realistic hat, I guess. I feel like we're going to end up in the Cure Bowl again. I really do. Do you really? Against two, I have no idea. I feel like we're headed back to the Cure Bowl. I'm not complaining. Um, I really am not. I'm just, that's just me being realistic and thinking that that's where we're probably headed is back to the Cure Bowl. So, Joe or TD, y'all want to go next? Maybe where do you, What's the best case scenario and where do you think we may actually end up? Joe, you want to go next? I'd love to go back to the Cure Bowl, too. I think Orlando is a fabulous city. Uh, there's a lot to do. I wish our kids would have had a chance, you know, to, to experience more of Orlando. And, again, I'm just glad we got a chance to play a bowl game last season. But if we go back there, I think it would really be a great bowl experience, you know, to go there. My, my dream opponent would be a Power Five somewhere. I'd love to play a Power Five. I'm You know, Played them. I, I understand what the bowl tie-ins and all these agreements and what we're looking at. Probably, you know, the best we're going to get might be a MAC, but I give me a Power Five. You know, let's let's go knock heads with somebody like that. Where I think we'll wind up if all these projections are correct is, is Myrtle Beach, which you know, okay, that's fine. We'll go play there. But you know, if I have my druthers, let's do the Cure or Boca Raton, one of the two. Let's get let's play a Power Five somewhere. But you know, at the end of the day, we wind up. You know, the interesting thing is if we wind up in a couple of these, like you alluded to, Chile, a couple of these projections have us against Army in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. That would be back-to-back games against Army on our field. <laughs> the bowl game and then the opener for 2022. Now, how mm-hmm. interesting would that be? Yeah. Well, I, I agree. So, I'm with Joe on this, I, 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 and I'm going to be very fair and candid. I, don't, I know our kids would get up to play anybody, right, because we're going to be ready. But the interesting thing is, though, the ACC and SEC, I don't think, met their entire quota of bowl-eligible teams. At least if, if my math did me, did me right, I think they were short a team or two per conference. Um, 
Well, there, that, there were eight. There were eighty-four bowl eligible teams for eighty-two spots. Now I'm not sure how the conference breakdown worked out. I think the SEC and ACC were short by a team. If I remember correctly, they were short by uh, an affiliation slot. I bring that up is because. Maybe we do get a power five school where they need to make – they they've got to make their hate. You know, they've got to – I saw a projection where Florida and Liberty win the Cure Bowl, which I think whoever put that together was way off because Liberty finished seven and four and Florida finished six and six. So, I, I don't – you know, I don't know about that. But my gut tells me Myrtle Beach, Army, or a MAC team. Hope. Boca Raton Cure or New Orleans Bowl versus a higher profile G5 or, or, or somebody in the P5 ranks. I just think it would go a long way for our brand and recruitment to, to get an opportunity like that. I mean, you know, you play a New Orleans Bowl. I've seen that where you play UTSA. Man, that, that's, that's us versus Liberty all over again last year, except UTSA is now us and we're Liberty, which is weird to say, but – it's that same type of feeling. It's the same parallel, yeah. The same parallel uh, type of example. But gut, Myrtle Beach, Army, Mac, Hope, New Orleans, Boca Raton, or Orlando, like Joe said, versus uh, UTSA or uh, somebody with at least eight wins or more that's in Power Five and or, or somebody with at least eight wins in, in – uh, or excuse me, G5 and somebody with eight wins in Power Five. I just think it would it would, it would would draw. I really do. All right, TD, I'm keeping track. So me and Joe have <clears throat> our best-case scenario versus the one we think we're going to. You have one, but then you've got three that you right, think so we I can go I to. I got to pin you down to one. I'm going to go Boca Raton. Okay. Versus a Mac school. Okay. I'm keeping track because I'm going to put it on Twitter. So we can get some votes on that, too, to, to generate some talking about my gut. My gut tells me home versus Army or Mac or either Boca Raton versus somebody in the Mac. Um, but my hope, again, I really do. I mean, that that New Orleans Bowl, I think it's on a Thursday night. And, um, you know, it'd be a challenge for, for our fans to show out. But, it, you know, still, you never know. You never I know. I'm playing Liberty again. Oh, I wouldn't either. Especially this year. <laughs> no, nah, I want to. They're struggling man. this year. I'd love, I'd love to have an opportunity to play somebody like UTSA. Because here's why. Again, it goes back to what I said earlier a couple of games ago. I like is, that matchup. UTSA is ranked still. And what did I say a couple of weeks ago? This is our opportunity to prove to people in power we can finish this in well, we can year well, and beat somebody of brand bandwidth. The bandwidth on their brand is as great as ours or greater or equal to or greater. That way, when we win, we finish 11-2 and two, New Orleans Bowl champions, Cure Bowl champions versus 25th-ranked UTSA, right? That goes a long way for the end-of-year stuff. I mean, it just does. It just does. I just want to get Liberty back for last year's Cure Bowl. You know – I just hate, We all hate Liberty, so dude, I just, it makes sense. <laughs> it's kind of like somebody, somebody made a comment to me like, man, I'd really like to get South Carolina Bowl. I said, I don't give a damn about playing South Carolina in a bowl game. I'm not afraid of them. I just don't care. I would rather play UTSA or, you know, East Carolina, just because it's somebody different, somebody new. It's, it, 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 it brings a little different brand recognition. 
Um, I mean, if they put us in there with a sixth, wait a minute, first of all, oh, that's right. Is South Carolina bowl eligible? Yeah, yeah right. that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, have fun in the Mayo Bowl versus <laughs> State or whatever the hell it's called. The Duke's Everybody Mayo Bowl. That's where they'll put them because seriously, it's like an hour and five minutes from from Columbia. So, I mean, that's that's where they'll put them. They'll put them in the Mayo Bowl because it's it's close, and they'll put them against NC State or somebody like that. I mean, they really will. That that's they'll they'll do something like that because they'll know they'll travel. They may rescind South Carolina's bowl eligibility as horrible as they looked against Clemson the other night. Just Man. saying. <laughs> Look, I, I'm not going to comment too much, but I'll say this. Clemson had a <clears throat> down year at nine and three. And you just got smoked by 30 at home, and you couldn't even scratch a damn point. And it, and it, and it wasn't even that close, honestly. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> anyway, Beamer to Oklahoma as the defense coordinator. <laughs> Rumor has it he's gutting his offensive staff this week sometimes and, and bringing in some new people. And I heard Mike Bobo's available from Auburn again. Oh, yep, he's on the line now. <laughs> Sorry, that's funny because Carolina fans don't want hide no hair of that man back in Columbia again. Mm-mm. Hey, let's well, hey, now that we're segwit, let's talk about coaching impacts in the Sun Belt. We got a couple so, of vacancies. Yeah, we got Louisiana's open and Troy's open. And then TD, you told us before we you know kind of went on the uh started recording, I should say, that uh Rich Rod has left Louisiana Monroe to go where? I'm, I forgot. Jacksonville State. So Jacksonville he State the coordinator at UL Monroe. Um to go to Jacksonville State because Jacksonville State's now going, they're going from FCS to FBS uh to go to conference USA. So I'm interested to see what happens, uh, Joe Chili, with regards to the staffs at Troy and Louisiana, especially Louisiana, respectfully, because the concern I have is, and I'll say, look, as all this coaching carousel happens, look, we can't be naive to think Jamie's on a short list for a lot of people. And you know what? That means that we've done really well here. We have to acknowledge that, right? He's going to be on a short list this year, next year, and years to come if we continue to have 10 win seasons. So we've touched on that going forward is when that happens, you know, Napier is going to go to Florida. He's going to bring everybody with him that he knows can help him and and bring his culture with him. Same thing with whoever comes in Detroit. I'm actually interested now that that vacancy's happened, simultaneously the SMU job is open at the same time, right? And I bring those up purposely because those are, in my opinion, really, really good group of five programs, right? I mean, those aren't. UL Monroe, right? That's not that. They're, they're, they're programs where people have won at. So it's interesting. I, I, I wondered who's going to fill those and then what are you going to do with those staffs? And are we, you know, are we pouncing on that recruitment piece right now? I know that Lane Kiffin is at, uh, at Ole Miss. Dang, if he hadn't been in every state in the Southeast recruiting this past week and taking pictures of license plates and hometowns that he's been in, that was pretty – that was pretty funny, by the way, if y'all hadn't seen that. Go do yourself a favor and go pick him up on Instagram. I don't have him, but I have friends that follow him on all social media. And every time he goes into a state, to a hometown where he's talking to a kid, he takes a picture of the license plate and like a street sign so they'll know, yeah, I was here. <laughs> yeah, I was in your backyard recruiting this week. He, and you're right. He is a fun follow on social media. He really is. I have him on Twitter and Instagram. He is 
he's fun to follow just for that reason. That, that would bring a recruit in just because the coach is like he's having a good time doing his job, which mm-hmm. he is. So you got Troy and you got um, Louisiana. I and, and then UL ULM with with Rich Rod. Have we heard anything else about anybody else in the conference? I haven't heard I, anything. I think everybody else is stable. I think you know. I don't right. think that uh, <clears throat> Jake Spavital's going anywhere. Uh, obviously, you know, Sean Elliott had a great year at Georgia State after they got off to an awful start. They, you know, I for for, for full disclosure. You know, without but without being able to vote for my own coach because end of the year coaching, end of, end of the year balloting for Sun Belt awards, I couldn't vote for anybody from Coastal. I voted for Sean Elliott's coach of the year. You know, yeah, he did, man. He look that move by putting Granger in, and we've touched on it a thousand times already from that game. That saved their season. The other kid, if Quad Brown's still in, they're a damn three and eight, three and four, or three or three and nine, four and eight school or program this year. Putting Granger in saved their season at Auburn. I mean, he he lost couple games but without him in quarterback they don't get to where they are hands down um i wonder if old bowden should get a little more credit i mean look i know they finished five and seven too but man that was a what they didn't win a game last year and they weren't even close in competition last year so um i think what he did at ulm stabilizing that program and getting them um, they were five and seven, but they weren't at. I mean, those seven games, they had a couple like hours, a couple three they were out of, but they had three or four they were in. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm, you know, we touched, we wanted to touch on on that. Last thing to Strut Nation, uh, to Teal Nation, we're going to be on probably, I think the, the goal is, is to, to be on next week because we'll know next week about where we're going bowling. And then we'll blink and the following week, we're, we're in bowl prep. Yeah, we'll know who our opponent is. We'll be able to break that down. So, look for us to be on next week and the week after, leading up to the bowl, and then there'll be an end of year wrap up. And uh, we got some a black tie affair. Yeah, it, it will be a black tie affair. I'm we're buying a tuxedo T-shirt just for that show. Yeah, we're working out details on that. But hey, stick with us the next three weeks because again, um, uh, I don't even want to talk about the Sun Belt Championship. It happened Saturday between two teams that you know. Maybe they'll both forfeit. So, scoreless tie. Maybe the score is tied or something like that. <laughs> no. TD trivia time. You ready? Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Joe, I, and I'll, I don't want to give too much away, but I think when we finally get the YouTube channel launched for this podcast, I think we should do this part, Joe. But then I think, I think you should isolate TD. I'm sorry I'm doing my hands this way, but I'm just trying to, like, help explain this. But, Joe, I want to isolate TD after I ask the question, and I want you to do a play-by-play, just his face wrinkling and, and writhing and trying to figure out what's going on. I, I just think that'd be kind of cool. He's getting close to the answer. He's got it, folks. <laughs> he just bronzed that question. You see the gears turning and yes. the brow, you, you see the brow furrowing. <laughs> I've got some friends. Maybe we could add in some smoke out the side of his ears while he's oh, thinking. Oh, man. How classic would that be? <laughs> would be great. He's at the 30. He's got the answer. He fumbles. <laughs> TD, this is, I think this is going to be a tough one. Oh, he coughs up the football. He coughs up the football. <laughs> oh, TD, right, throw it to me. I am looking for you to tell me in Info Joe and Teal Nation, Strut Nation, TD Nation. Who was the first coastal football player to win the honor 
of Defensive Player of the Year for his conference. I've got a year if you need a year. It was when I played. What year were you playing? 0206, wasn't it? Nope. Wait a minute. Conference player of the year, I should say. Conference defensive player of the year. Conference player of the year. This is a good one. I know, good. I know Quinn Backus won it like two or three years. I mean, I know he won Three years in a row, but he wasn't in a row. So I knew that. But somebody won it before then, though. Yes. That's correct. Because I like he how won- Joe knows them already and it just drives TD crazy. Because Joe will sit – y'all can't see this, but Joe will just sit back and fold his arms and go, that's right, TD, you are not getting this one right tonight. <laughs> he, give me a year. He, gets, he gets this one. That's a – you know. I should have been keeping track of how many he's got in a row. How, how, what year? What year? Give me a year. 2010. Wasn't he from Tabor City, too, if I remember? That's why I brought it up, Joe. He's, he's from Tabor City. <laughs> how about that, huh? That's what Kim, I thought. Kim. Can I phone a friend? Kim. Phone a friend. <laughs> got a lifeline. Can I get a lifeline? She gets it. She gets credit, not you. Who won Defensive Player of the Year in 2010? He's from Tabor City. Any idea? I have no idea. She got nothing. Thanks. Thanks. That, that, that just burnt that lifeline. Um. 2010, Tabor City. Joe, to be more precise, it's actually Vinegar Hill right outside Tabor City. It's a suburb of Tabor City. Vinegar Hill? Vinegar Hill. Wait, DB? Linebacker. Joe is so smug, and you're just sitting there struggling. This is so funny. I got nothing. (laughs) Look how happy Joe is that you're not getting this. You got me with the Vinegar Hill, man. Kim, do you know anybody from Vinegar Hill, North Carolina, just outside? She don't even know. She's from Juan P. She don't even know where Vinegar Hill's at. Oh, she should know where that's at. She's from Juan P. We used to play North Myrtle Beach in sports all the time in Tabor City. Yeah, yeah. She, she knows where Tabor City's at. Yeah, she knows where the city is, but not where the suburb of Vinegar Hill between Tabor City and Whiteville, or as we say it, Wideville. Go ahead and educate me, Joe. Put, put the education on me. He's in the high school coaching ranks these days. Yes, he is. Which includes a lot of shots. Hey, man, I can think of about 10 or 12 people coming to my mind right now. Um, I got friends that are just like – I got nothing. I got, I got friends that are screaming at the uh, at their radios in their cars right now. I bet they are. Hey, how about that? His, his initials are AJ. That's a dead giveaway. That's a dead giveaway, TJ. Look, look at him. It's just, it's He's sweating. He's grinding. Fans, there are little beads of sweat forming on <laughs> Travis Daly. Little, little teal beads of sweat are coming. Teal on. beads of sweat. AJ, I got nothing, man. I, I'm drawing a blank here for some reason. When I say it, you're just going to be like, oh, I knew who that was. You ready? I can't wait to do this to you, TJ. Andre Jacobs. God dog it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him now because, God, we used to wear those, and I'm going to say those god-awful jerseys with the bronze outline. Yes. And the, I do not the like those either. thing on the shoulders, those were hideous. Look, I'm, I'm a four player. I'm allowed to say it. Those are probably the worst jerseys we have ever had in the history of our program, by the way. Um, God, Andre Jacobs from Vinegar Hill, North Carolina. He attended South Columbus High School, not Tabor City, because Tabor City shut down in 1992. I was next to the last class in 91. So he's a South Columbus Stallion from Vinegar Hill, but Stallion. that's still Tabor City, Joe. Yeah. Now I got a question. Here, here's, here's a random question. Here's a rebuttal question. I'll leave it to you. 
Do they serve vinegar-based barbecue in Vinegar Hill, North oh, Carolina? Oh, yes. We serve the good kind. The vinegar-based is the best kind. Mm-mm. Don't give Mm-mm. me that mustard mess. I'll, I'll do butter. a whole podcast on mustard barbecue and how bad it is. <laughs> I will do a whole show. Andre Jacobs is the head football coach at Middle Creek High. Where's that at? Apex, North Carolina. Apex, North Carolina. You know, there's a ball. There's a baseball player who's from Apex, North Carolina. Uh, David Sapel. He was pretty good in baseball. He was a good one. That guy. Pretty good, pretty good in baseball. So I kind of make up for it a little bit, but it's baseball. All right, we got two minutes here to wrap it up. Chili, tell them where to find us. Tell them where to listen to us, and tell them where we'll be on next. Well, you, you can see it, find us. Sorry, on Twitter at the Strut Podcast. Instagram at the Strut Podcast, our Facebook page conveniently titled The Strut Podcast. Um, you will you be able to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify. There's other kinds of smaller forms. You can even find us on the software called Anchor that sponsors our platform that we produce it on every week. They have their own platform as well. Um, Joe, where, how can we hear you and listen to you and watch the game Strut Style when we need to? Well, for the ball game, wherever that is, it will be on 99.5, uh, an hour and a half before kickoff. So, uh, also WRNN.net and also their uh, their app, the WRN, WRNN uh, app, Hot Talk 95, 99.5 app, which you can get and listen to. Uh, again, pregame starts an hour and a half before kickoff. So, we will be on with bowl coverage. And hopefully, if we can pull it off, we'll have – we're going to try to put together some sort of fan fest, maybe coaches show, not, not written in stone. That's not a done deal, but we're going to see what we can do. Try to do something, you know, from the bowl site, wherever that is. Sounds good, gentlemen. Hey, go shots. Till Nation, it's also day of giving. So if you haven't given, give, if not a coastal, to a charity of your choice. Absolutely. Shots up, everybody. Yep. Good night. Shots up. Fans, thanks for listening. The Strut always enjoys it when you tune in and you share your thoughts with us on our Twitter page, at The Strut Podcast. You like our pictures on The Strut Podcast Instagram. You interact with us on the Facebook page, The Strut Podcast, or even listen and give us feedback on the Look Here Bubba Talk Back line. That line's always open for you anytime you want to share some feedback, talk about the show, share ideas, whatever. That line's always open for you. Just click the link and you can record right away. Bowl season's coming up. We've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about coming up for our potential opponent and our location. So stay tuned to the strut for next week. We'll have even more bowl talk and a whole lot more stuff to talk about related to our Shantz football team. 